0: Welcome to Ensemble, where the sum of the whole is greater than its parts. This week's Bite sized podcast is going to summarize the most important stories in the financial and crypto world for you. My name is Dean, with me is Tim, and today,
1: we are your Ensemble. Well, Dino, it is the AI bubble that keeps on blowing in which is the world leader in AI computing intelligence just smashed through their earnings report. He released a 101% increase in revenue year over year, a staggering $13.5 billion, nearly doubling what the forecasted growth was going to be, which, of course, sent the stock flying upwards past $500, and it is the AI gift that keeps giving and keeps the whole market afloat. For a bit
0: of perspective, NVIDIA's key business unit is its graphics processing unit. And because of this increase in AI and the requirement for GPUs, and as you just said, their revenue increased to 13.5 billion, which is above the expected 11.2 billion. In addition, their adjusted earnings on their share was $2.70 per share, as opposed to the $2.09 that was envisaged. As the AI demand continues to increase, we are likely to see the company's data set center segment continue to propel huge sales and earnings. And this has been confirmed by its CEO and founder, who this past week in its earnings call said that a new computing era has just begun and due to the requirement for AI and generative AI around the world, companies are absolutely going to have to accelerate their
1: computing needs. So the question isn't just acceleration of AI, it's how far can NVIDIA and all of these companies go? We know that Tesla, Amazon, Microsoft are all trying to develop their own silicon products so they don't need NVIDIA as much. Can they keep going? NVIDIA certainly think they do as they conducted a $25 billion share buyback program. It's a lot, especially considering just how high the share price is. For those of you who don't
0: understand, when a company does a share repurchase. It reflects confidence in the company's direction. What they are doing is using some of their cash reserves to buy back the shares from the market and therefore actually decrease the amount of shares that are publicly traded. So this uh, exceptional task by them of buying back $25 billion in shares is absolutely showing their confidence in where they think the market is heading with
1: AI. So AI is going one way and going the other way is real estate ensembles. We mentioned a few weeks ago, we were the one-time $47 billion tech and property giant on the verge of bankruptcy. And last week, we discussed the one-time $2.5 trillion asset manager based in China, Evergrande, file for bankruptcy protection in America. This week, we saw Selena, a one-time $1.2 billion company, lose 41% of its share price in a single day to be down 98% and it speaks to a much larger issue that particularly Americans are seeing with cost price of housing right now. Just to give you some context, the median cost to buy a house just hit a record $2,748 a month, which is 90% more Than 2020, a 90% increase in just three years. And the mortgage demand is now at its lowest level since 1995 and dropping sharply as a result of these crazy high prices. Crazy high prices. And moving on in the
0: US still this week, there was the Republican debate which took place with various Republican candidates. However, Donald Trump did not join this debate and instead released an interview with Tucker Colson. This interview on X has seen 260 million views. So it is arguable that the new media, being X, is overtaking the legacy media. And we are likely to see Trump only come onto legacy media right at the end when the various candidates are brought down to
1: the last few. And ensembles, we won't go into any of the political side, but we will, over the next year, bring a lot of information that different candidates are suggesting will be economic and crypto policy, which we'll touch on the first bit of crypto policy in a bit of what Joe Biden just did. This week, we also saw six new members invited to BRICS.
0: So, Argentina, Egypt, Ethiopia, Iran, Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates were all welcomed into BRICS through an invitation. The way the BRICS countries decided on these different countries was through various motivations, which included Brazil motivating for Argentina, China looking at inviting Iran and Saudi Arabia, although they did not want to take a stance, Russia inviting the UAE, while South Africa backed various African countries. For perspective, the G7 countries, which comprise of Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, the UK and the US, account for 30% of global purchases, whilst the BRICS countries account for 37%. So with the increase of oil-producing countries in the BRICS uh, ambit, we're likely to see massive increases in trading each other's currencies as opposed to the USD. USD.
1: Somebody's let's move across into the crypto world. And there's one project taking the entire ecosystem by storm, built on the base, the Coinbase layer two solution is Friends Tech, a decentralized social network that allows you to basically invest in shares of celebrities, influencers, and your friends. It sounds pretty basic. Dean, I'm sure you'll go into a few of your thoughts soon, but it's amassed such a huge following. It started with just some small-time crypto influencers and now has a few NBA players and it's also been taken over by a lot of OnlyFans, uh, OnlyFans uh, people. Uh, but just to give you some context ensembles, it's brought over 120,000 unique traders onto the platform and into crypto and has a total traded volume of over 46,000 ETH, which is a very big chunk of number and a lot of people being brought into crypto and onto the base ecosystem uh, for a very new and exciting project. It's very
0: hard to wrap our heads around how this will actually work in the future because what we would traditionally expect is for a creator to put all of their brands into an entity and for people then to invest in this entity. Friends.tech does something similar. And whether it takes off is something to be seen i'm quite bullish on it just because i believe it really gives a bit of leeway to the new generation of media which are the creators but arguably there's
1: a lot of skepticism around it and only time will tell what are your thoughts tim yeah i'm very against it for now it seems to just be these crypto influencers who are just shilling themselves and literally selling themselves to again more impressionable people however it does seem to have some good adoption measures and yeah at a high level I think what you're saying is true and maybe it does have a good uh, use case for crypto moving forward especially with the content creators. Lastly as Tim mentioned a
0: short while ago the Biden administration unveiled a new crypto tax reporting regime this past week. There's obviously been a lot of skepticism around it particularly from the DeFi side
1: so can you dive into it us, Tim? So basically what the Biden administration is suggesting is that all of the intermediaries on DeFi on decentralized finance are going to be brokers, which means they are going to need to KYC and pretty much audit every user. So ensembles, you might be familiar with things like Uniswap or Metamask, some of these intermediaries to allow you to participate in DeFi, which again, is just peer to peer transacting. However, anyone who does this peer to peer transaction through this middleman third party is essentially going to need a KYC, making it not necessarily a centralized solution, It definitely makes it a lot more difficult for you to stay anonymous and actually participate in the DeFi ecosystem. It is their way of killing DeFi. You cannot kill DeFi because it simply is peers trading with peers all over the globe. However, they're definitely making it a lot more difficult in America if they do go through with this.
0: You might find that the regulators start going after the guys who are behind the tech stacks like they've previously done. So let's see whether this bill is actually passed and if it is, let's see how it is enforced.
1: Ensemblers, let's finish off with the markets. Bitcoin and Ethereum were very stable this week after last week's crash. Both were, in fact, completely flat. Bitcoin at 26000 and Ethereum at $1,650. The markets recovered this week. I know we discussed Nvidia earlier. However, there was also a speech at Jackson Hole by the Fed chair, Jerome Powell, who said that inflation was still too high, which sparked some fears of some prolonged, not necessarily increased interest rates, but definitely some prolonged maintenance of the interest rate. So we saw the S&P 500 up 0.82%. The Dow was down 0.45%. And then the NASDAQ, being the tech heavy of the lot, was up 1.68%. Thank you, NVIDIA. The FTSE in England was up 1.05%. Ensemblers, that's all for today. Keep stacking, hodling, building, and maximizing our ROI. And remember, you're not alone. You're part of our ensemble trying to get a bit financially smarter every day.